You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey there, thanks for joining me for an episode of Life Repurposed. Today I have a guest and we're going to be talking about a chapter that she wrote in the book Life Repurposed, but we're only going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to go outside of the box a little bit and talk about more of her life. There are a couple of resources that Teresa mentions in this episode, and you're going to want to get those by going to the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 95, and that's where you'll have links for you can just hop right to those things that we talk about. So be sure to check those out. So I'm going to be introducing you to Teresa Jansen. She engages big issues and extends an invitation to thoughtful dialogue on serious topics. And boy, did we get into some serious topics today. Teresa has 20 years of experience in nonprofit administration and global ministry, and this ignites a passion in her for missional living, and it drives her to share stories that inspire people to action, joy, and gratitude. And today we get into talking about how she has taken some difficult things in her life and turned them into opportunities, how she ministers to others through those, and how she humbly serves God from right where she is. She has such an encouraging message for all of us in looking at how we can put the past behind us and how we can move forward and step into what God has for us. So without further ado, here's Teresa Jansen. Thank you so much for joining me today, Teresa. It's been nice to chat with you last week on your show, and now I'm going to be able to chat with you and learn a little bit more about you. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm really excited. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, so you're one of the authors in the Life Repurpose book, and we're going to talk about that really soon. But let's start out with something, because we've never met in person. Let's pretend we're having coffee today and we're sitting down at the coffee shop. I want to know what you just ordered. Oh, that's a great question. I think I would like a macchiato today. But, um, yeah, I'll take a macchiato because it's pretty strong. And the coffee in my part of the world is very strong. So otherwise, I have to have them put an extra shot or even two in it. <laughs> wow. So I don't know if I've ever ordered a macchiato before. I always get a mocha or something like that. But I do like the extra shot. So yeah. are you in the coffee growing area of the world right now? Really interesting thing that in South Sudan, this is the only place in the world where the Arabica coffee bean grows in the wild, but it's not like an an easy place to get to. It's way up high in the mountains and um, also in a very remote area. And there's not a lot of it. So you're not going to go out and like harvest a whole lot, but you could go home and brew it. So we are on a different time zone for those who are tuning in and listening to us. Teresa is in the evening. I'm in the daytime. She's serving in missions. And so I won't, I'll let you tell however much of that story you'd like to. But what I'd like to do is talk a little bit about how you got started writing. Oh, wow. I have been writing since I was pretty young. And I remember ninth grade English class uh, where our, my teacher had us write something like a fantasy type of a story and you had to create the whole world and it couldn't be like, um, like earth. It had to be like a planet with people and a language (laughs) and culture and clothing and just the process of creating that world. 
That being said, then you would think that I would have gone into um, fiction, but I uh, have only ever written one piece of fiction, and that was actually um, a devotional fiction, which is was a wow. weird thing. Yeah, it that was is just unusual. It was just something <laughs> I wanted to challenge myself to do. I have done some like um, historical fiction uh, type of thing, but very close to reality also. Uh, but most of my career has been as a technical writer. And that means um, things like manuals, policies. Um, I've done a lot of fundraising work in my uh, career. So uh, fund development letters, the, you know, things you get at Christmas time, those letters you get in the mail <laughs> asking you for um, a gift for a worthy cause. I've done a lot of that. And it's only been in recent years that I've started uh, doing what I call narrative nonfiction or devotional writing. Yeah. So do you, when you say narrative nonfiction, just telling your personal story and pulling an application for the reader out? Yeah, it's either my personal story or someone else's. And actually Mm -hmm. um, the story I started writing was my daughter's story. And she's a survivor of domestic violence with a very dramatic story. Mm -hmm. And we've been writing that story very, very slowly because um, it takes time for her to tell the story. And uh, there was a story I wanted to write or submit to, and her story wasn't really ready to be told. And God just said to me, you know, Teresa, her story is also your story. And so I said, oh, you're right. I lived through it from my perspective. You know, Mm -hmm. she was the one in the home that was really um, suffering, but I was the mother of a child in crisis. And so I started writing from that perspective um, Mm -hmm. as a parent of an adult child in crisis. Yeah. So you tell part of your story in the Life Repurposed book. What made you decide to submit your story to that book? Well, I'll tell you, when I read the call for submissions, I thought that you wrote that just for me. (laughs) And uh, I've been amazed as I've talked to other authors who've written stories. I'm like, wow, how can there be such diversity? And yet what you were looking for was exactly my story. As soon as I read that call for submissions, it really was a, um, a big thing in my heart saying, Teresa, this is your story. You were um, destroyed is how I felt. And God Mm. completely repurposed my life. Yeah. So our stories ministered to somebody else. And yours really resonated with me. I'm not going to tell all of it here because we want people to read it in the book too. But there is something about your story where you talked about having gone through divorce and feeling as if you were disqualified from serving in missions or in ministry. And that was like this calling on your heart. I'd like to know how you processed through that? How did you find yourself in a place now where you're serving in missions? Yeah. Um, yeah, my whole life, I had, since I was a child, had been preparing for the mission field. And I really did feel like that divorce um, meant that I couldn't serve God and that I had really messed up God's plan for my life. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was the first time, actually, I was offered a job that um, was in ministry. And I was so surprised that they hired me 
because I didn't think that I could do anything in ministry. Now, I wasn't a pastor or anything like that, but it was a, a ministry organization serving young people, kind of like a big brother, big sister type of a thing, but a Christian mm-hmm. version of that. And that was actually the first time that I had to stand in front of a group of people and tell them that I had gotten a divorce. And I knew this was a whole board of Christians that wanted to hear, you know, how could that even happen? How can a Christian get a divorce, you know, and then ask for a job serving in ministry? It was very humbling. But it was when they heard that story and then hired me. I couldn't believe it. You know, really? That was God's grace manifest to me because I found out um, that divorce is not the unforgivable sin. Now, it's there. It's sin. I'm not going to say that it, there's always sin involved in brokenness. We are broken people, mm-hmm. but it's not bigger than Christ's death and resurrection. You know? Yeah. He's covered it. Let's unpack that a little bit because I think there are listeners out there who have experienced this. And my goal is not to bash any denomination. This is really something that permeates the Christian church everywhere. In in many denominations, this idea that if there's some sin in our life that we're disqualified, we're done, we have to find some way, something else. We serve in a job that's not ministry. Why do you think that mindset is there? Well, you know, I think why is the mindset there is is one question. And then um, and then what's the result or the impact of that mindset? Those are both yeah. really important things. And I know in my life, uh, I grew up in the church from the time I, I was really little. And one of those denominations where divorce was not uh, definitely not something that was looked on uh, easily. Mm-hmm. And uh, so everyone spent a lot of their time and effort trying to look like they had it all together. And that's what yeah. I actually have found out that I've been doing my whole life is trying to, uh, at least on the outside, look like I was um, the good Christian person that, you know, that I was a member of the club. I don't know. It's, yeah. uh, it's hard to describe, but then what happens as a result of that is that we don't live in community where we can ever be honest and open and, mm-hmm. and not only share our failures, but share our struggles before we run into failure. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. we, if we cannot be honest with one another and we have to put on this facade um, because we're afraid that we'll be excluded somehow, that's not something that comes from, from God. God doesn't exclude us for sin. He welcomes us for sin. He made a way uh, for us Mm -hmm. for sin, not for sin, but he made a remedy for sin. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love your approach on it. And one of the reasons that I chose your chapter to use in the book is that you're totally transparent. You're not you're not blaming an ex-husband. There are problems in every marriage. You don't need to tell your whole story. 
in order for somebody to see your heart and to see that your motive is in helping people heal. And I love that focus. And the other thing I love is that you take a biblical approach to it. You're not saying and telling your story that, well, God had it planned this way all along, and therefore, you know, you're not justifying anything. You're talking about God's plan for marriage and what it should be and how so many of us have experienced the breakdown of that. And you come alongside the reader, and I love that. So how did you get to that place where you could just forgive yourself and say, sin is sin, I've confessed it, it's over, I'm moving forward, God has a plan for the rest of my life? A lot of it was finding those people who um, understood grace, and that's how I began to understand grace, is um, when I encountered other people who were willing to share their story of brokenness and be honest, then I found the courage, if you will, to begin to share my story of brokenness and um, then how God restored that. There's not a single one of us who doesn't have sin in our life, you know, and there is no, um, no place where people should be passing judgment on one another. Divorce is not, um, cause for blaming or as you know pointing fingers or anything but it is cause for great humility on all sides just as every sin is you know i'm mm-hmm. yeah i definitely had things that i contributed to that broken relationship as also did the other broken person that was in the relationship mm-hmm. right um and now i do hope that christian marriages stand strong um, and and remain united. Um, and I don't advocate for divorce. I um, advocate for wholeness in every relationship, even in the married relationship, because you don't have to be divorced to be broken. Um, right. A married relationship can be just as sinful and just as broken as yes. a divorced relationship. Yeah, like you were talking about being behind closed doors. I've known people who have had terribly broken marriages that have actually been harmful for their children, harmful for the rest of their family, but they don't get the help because of the shame. And so they just live with it. And then out of that brokenness comes more brokenness. Exactly. And even as I shared my um, daughter going through a domestic violence situation, um, that oftentimes can happen in the church. There's controlling and abusive relationships going on. And You know, in my situation, there was a lot of controlling uh, and things going on that people weren't really aware of. Um, But that is just as broken as the divorce. Yeah. So then you had to move forward. You were, was it four children, four little children that you had? So think about the mom who's reading or who's listening, who's just starting out trying to figure out where do I go live? Where do I find a job? How do I raise these little kids by myself? Speak to that from your heart a little bit. Wow, there were in my world, there were so many miracles that fell into place for it, because it is really a logistical problem. Our culture is not made for a single working income, you know, you have, mm-hmm. yeah, I had four kids at home that needed childcare. That was huge. I had to mm-hmm. somehow find a job that worked around all those schedules and a place to live and all of that. Um, part of it for me was my family, but I think support structures are so important. And that's mm-hmm. another reason why if we're going to be uh, super judgmental on people, 
um, then we remove some of that support structure. And the church should be the first place that people can go when they're hurting and in crisis and um, not the last place that they're afraid, you know, not a place that they're afraid to go, but a place that they will go to say, hey, you know, I just, I really need some help. You know, it is not easy to to uh, handle the logistics of four children on your own, you know, and then yeah. all of the other things on top of it. It was tough. Yeah. So we can show love to people by setting aside our biases and needing to know everything about their story and just seeing their need and yeah. seeing that whatever got somebody to the place where they're at, they need love, they need support, they need financial help, they need somebody who will help watch the kids, somebody who will listen, hug them and hear their heart. I think what you just said is super important where you said whatever got someone to the point where they're at and whatever that was, um, choices that are made, whatever, wherever you are right now is the place where you are. And so looking back um, outside of that accountability, confession, repentance, all of that, then it's time to look forward and say, okay, this is where I am. I have to to move forward. I cannot keep looking back. That's what Satan wants to do, actually, is keep you pinned in the past. You cannot change Mm -hmm. those past decisions. Usually, most of them can't be changed. Yeah. So start with where you are and begin that path forward. And that begins with a right relationship with your creator, God. And that's what I would say to um, that person who's in whatever situation that they're in, divorce or or any other situation, start today and start with your relationship with God, because that's the number one thing to get right. And it doesn't really matter what anyone else says. Now, it's not easy to hear what other people say, but it doesn't matter. I can't imagine being in your shoes because you talked about how many times over the years, even after being so far past your divorce, you still have to explain in some situations. And there probably are some women out there who have that same thing. What kind of emotions does that bring up each time you have to tell a missions board or somebody your whole story? Yeah, it's never easy to do. Um, And maybe that's one reason why I can tell the story now. Although this is this book is the first time that I've told the story for the general public, you know, uh, outside of just a a closed door meeting with a small committee. It's the first time I've shared the, the story. Yeah. So when I do have to share that story with a group of people, um, But part of me says, who are you to even decide whether or not? Because actually, the reason I'm telling the story is for them to decide whether I'm qualified to do the job that I'm asking to do, whether it's to serve in a ministry or to serve in the mission field. Um, It's a group of human beings who are sinful and broken, just like me, Mm -hmm. who are going to decide whether or not I am qualified to to do that job. And that's actually why I um, called, originally I called my story disqualified, but I love that you helped rephrase that to say requalified, because that's what Jesus did was to requalify me. 
But so part of me was just uh, saying, well, who are you to make that decision? But then there's real humility. And when you serve in ministry, humility is the most important thing um, to remember to uh, really hone that skill or gift um, of humility. I've chosen a lifestyle that places myself under the authority, not only of God, but of the church, which is Mm -hmm. comprised of Christians. So I have chosen to put myself in that place. Therefore, I tell the story and I let other people decide whether or not they feel I'm qualified based on that story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so hard because for some people, they've come through various things in their past, even different scenarios. And sometimes it brings up a sense of shame each time because of how somebody else reacts. And I love that you said it doesn't matter what they think. This is God has already forgiven whatever we have in our past. And so if someone asks this question, it's just a fact. And then we're moving forward from there. So I'd like to know more about your moving forward story because you have a beautiful story that comes after. Like divorce doesn't define you. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, so I am now married to a wonderful Christian man, and together we are serving on the foreign mission field. A lot of the things that um, were big things I wanted to do in my life, I've now been able to do. You know, I was called to the mission field as a teenager, and I never thought that I would get here. It took a <laughs> lot of years. Um, also, during my first marriage, I had dropped out of school to uh, raise our mm. our kids. And with the help of my husband, I was able to go back and not only finish my bachelor's degree, but I went on and got my master's degree also. And um, now we, we do have the wonderful opportunity to serve together in South Sudan. We also have a huge, wonderful family of eight children. I had four <laughs> children and he had four children. So we have eight children. We're expecting our 11th grandchild And uh, that's really popular here in Africa because people like big families. So when they hear that I have eight (laughs) kids, they like that. (laughs) Yeah, I love that because God has shown that he has restored. And there are so many verses in the Bible about the way he restores. Do you have any favorites that come off the top of your head? I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't tell you I was going to ask you that. Oh, I do have... um, a lot of favorites are things that have really been on my mind right now, but I don't know that they're necessarily about restoration. You know, the thing that has really been um, in, in my heart has been uh, Jeremiah 31.3, which uh, is where God says, I have drawn you with an everlasting love. Mm. And uh, that's why you, when we, you were on my show uh, just the other day, and my mine is called Drawn Onward. And Jeremiah 31, 3 is the verse that I really, you know, cling to, to that. Because God doesn't push us or pull us or whack us on the head with our Bible, you know, or yeah. the law or anything else. He draws us with his yes. everlasting love. And that's how I feel um, God has repurposed my life is by drawing me, you know, not bashing me on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Although I deserve that sometimes, maybe. <laughs> but, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but that message is important and it really ties really well to repurposing because you were talking about putting on a fake surface. And if I wanted to paint 
my of my husband wants to repaint the car he can't just slap paint on the rust you know there's some things that have to be taken care of and so if we just slap a covering over it doesn't fix the problem that idea of him drawing us onward is that he's continuing to draw us toward him continuing to want to change and perfect things us it's this whole process of transformation so if we have a listener who's sitting here thinking well i don't I don't know where to begin, or I don't know what God's doing in my life. The exciting thing is none of us do. (laughs) Exactly. It's a process. (laughs) In fact, the thing I said, I just changed the tagline on my website. It actually now it says, begin anywhere. So wherever you are, that's exactly the right place to begin. Just begin wherever you are. And I just love that. You know, I... the It's a process of transformation, like you said. And my understanding today of grace of even divorce, of love, of um, holiness, all of those things are so much different from what they were years mm-hmm. ago. And um, But I can't be where I am today without going through all of the things that I went through years ago and that right. growing and expanding understanding. And that's what our Christian life is about after the point of salvation where, where uh, Christ initially invites that relationship, it is a lifelong journey of growing and understanding. And we're all in a different place on that journey. And wherever we are is perfectly fine. And uh, so it's just absolutely fine. Yeah, that makes me think of the New Testament story of Zacchaeus, this tax collector that wasn't very well liked by people because tax collectors then were a bit criminal, maybe more than a bit. And Jesus walks by and says, I'm coming to your house to have a meal today. And the whole thing started from that, from just one connection with Jesus Christ. And that's our goal with this book. Your writing, my writing is to connect people with Christ so that they can begin to see what that changes in their life. And so that shows that in the New Testament, the Old Testament, there's transformation throughout the Bible. Absolutely. And please, please don't wait until you think you have it all together to begin. Begin in the midst of your brokenness. That's the right place to begin, actually. So, yeah. You have a podcast where you talk about a lot of these things. So tell us a little bit more about your show. Yeah, so I just love to hear other people's stories and how they're interwoven with my story and um, God's story. That's really the, the tie that brings it all together. And I am always just amazed when I hear a story from someone and I think there's no way their life could be any more different from what my life is. And then I hear their story and I'm like, wow, I can see some of myself in that story. And, um, and that's because God has us all interconnected. And I just love that. So just exploring yeah. however it is that God is transforming people's lives and drawing them to himself. That's what I love to talk about. So you're doing mostly interviews, all interviews? Right now, um, I mostly interviews, not completely. I think I, I just did one the other day that wasn't an interview. But um, because of this book, I am doing a series of interviews with the authors of the Life Repurposed book. And so I'm very excited about that. So we want to link to your podcast in the show notes. Where can we find that? Yeah, drawnonward.life. And so drawnonward.life or also teresajansen.com. And you can, 
the podcast, you can find it actually iTunes, Pandora, all of those. Yeah. So look for Drawn Onward on your favorite podcast platform. Where do you like to most connect with people online? Right now, I think um, Facebook, but I'm also really trying to expand my um, LinkedIn. And actually, for the second time, my Instagram just got shut down. So you oh, can't no. find me there anymore. Yeah, okay. it's, it's <laughs> a hazard of living in Africa. So <laughs> yeah, but Facebook is a great place to connect with me. And then you mentioned that you were in another writing project. Can you remind me again the title of that? That one is She Writes for Him, Stories of Living Hope. And it is that one is the story of, um, my, of my experience with my daughter's um, survival of domestic violence. And that was the first one that I, I wrote about myself. And uh, that's, that is also coming out just now also. So I'll link to that as well. What other plans do you have in the future with your writing? What's coming next? Oh, you know, it's so funny because I have written a a few other short pieces that uh, may be coming out in the near future. And I really kind of feel like God is having me write the whole story one chapter at a time and being put in these other uh, collaborative books. But I've also been doing a lot of devotional writing. Some of that is on uh, uh, ChristianDevotion.us. But I'm also in the midst of writing a devotional for parents of adult children. And uh, that has really been, I have a lot of adult children in my life. And they all are at a different place in their relationship with the Lord. And my learning to be okay with where my story has come and gone and is going it's also part of how I have been able to um, pr- place my children into God's hands and trust that he loves them even more than I do, because they're all at a different place in, in their relationship with God. And uh, so I'm writing that devotional to encourage parents of all kinds uh, who have adult children, because you can't control their life for sure. Right. <laughs> They're on their own journey. And, and yeah. those times that bring about growth are oftentimes really difficult for them mm-hmm. and also difficult for the parent. It is. It's hard to not want to, well, you, you want to, but it's hard to not do it, to jump in and rescue your kids or try to. It's right. not my job to rescue them, but sometimes you want to spare them from all the hardships. Exactly. But you know, when, when I realized how those points of growth have come in my life during times of hardship, why would I want to rob my children of that opportunity to grow? So true. Yeah, it's hard though. It definitely is hard. Yeah, I love that you're taking that perspective. So that's a resource we're going to be looking for when you get that done. <laughs> yes, I'm hoping that that one will be relatively soon. But you know, I turn my writing also over to the Lord. It's an act of worship for me. When I write, especially writing devotional material, it is um, a spiritual discipline. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, I can't write about something that God hasn't first transformed in my right. own life. And uh Sometimes I'm amazed. I start to write about one thing and I get to the end of even just a very short devotional. And I'm like, wow, where did that even come from? (laughs) Oh, it's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about writing. It's an opportunity to blend your work with a calling. It's just it's hard to describe how exhilarating it can be to do that kind of work and have God speaking to you at the same time. Yeah. It's humbling. I'll tell you, it is so humbling. 
because yeah, it might be my fingers on the keyboard, but most of the time I don't, they're not, they're not my words. It's God that is definitely doing this. Yeah. And then there's this vulnerability of putting it out there and knowing someone's going to read it and I'm letting, I'm opening myself up to letting them judge me. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I know. Yeah. And that is a tough one for sure. Yeah. So as we wrap up today, what would you like to leave with the listeners? You think about the person who's going to be reading the Life Repurpose book or any of the other resources. What do you want to leave with them as we wrap up? Just, I think, um, to know that you, you don't have to have it all together to come to the Lord and um, just to be okay with right where you are, but know that God is going to press you and he's going to press you and draw you and, uh, and it's okay. It's going to be okay. Just embrace that. And it, even those painful times, the suffering and, and the heartache, um, just wait and see what God is going to bring from that. And when I am struggling right now, it's when I look back over the times where I have seen how God has transformed those past difficult situations that I can have faith that right now uh, he is going to transform the situation. And I hope that's what people get from the book, too. If they cannot find something to look back on, if they can look to my story or to someone else's story and see, oh, wow, God did, did work through that. And she's okay you know, I'll be okay too. Thank you so much for sharing your heart today, Teresa. It's been nice getting to know you. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. It's been great. Be sure to stop over to michellerayburn.com slash 95 and get the links that we just talked about, the devotional app that Teresa mentioned, the book that she's in, she writes for him, her Drawn Onward podcast, those will all be linked up there. Also will be a link to the book Life Repurposed, and that has stories of so many women. So if you've been inspired by hers, you're going to want to read the others too. So there will be a link where you can grab that book there. If you haven't joined the Facebook community, I invite you to do that. Just look for Life Repurposed on Facebook and you'll find the group. We're growing and the more we grow, the more we'll be able to discuss and have interaction with each other. It's also your opportunity to give me ideas for content that we can cover on the show. So I really value your input. I want to know what's happening in your life. I want the show to cover things that you would find valuable in your life. And so when I hear from you, It really helps me to plan content that is relevant and something that touches your heart, inspires you, helps you to change and grow. So I love to interact with you in the Life Repurpose community. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.